You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. Hope you guys had a glorious weekend. I most certainly did. This Vox and Hops episode is brought to you by Heavy Montreal. Heavy Montreal is Montreal's premier metal promoter. When there isn't a global pandemic, they normally put on a bunch of sick metal shows here in Montreal, but not only that... They also put on one of North America's best metal festivals. And trust me when I say this, because it's the absolute truth. I have played just about every metal festival out there. I've played Wacken. I've played Summer Breeze. I've played Brutal Assault. I've played Hellfest. And Heavy Montreal is up there with the best of them. I'm super, super stoked to have Heavy Montreal behind the Vox and Hops podcast. Today's episode, I'm very stoked to be with an iconic metal musician, that now is involved in craft beer, so he is just an absolute perfect Vox and Hops guest. This is Vox and Hops episode number 220 with Peter Evish of Odd Island Brewing, who used to play in a little band called In Flames. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today I'm with Peter Evish of Odd Island Brewing. He used to play in a little band called In Flames. Uh, I'm very, very stoked to be with you because, first off, you are a perfect, perfect Vox and Hops guest because you are super metal as fuck. But not only that, you are also brewing craft beer. So, so it's just too perfect. I had to have a chat with you. Uh, let's start with something super simple. Uh, how have you been coping with 2020? 2020 i don't know i've been um fighting the government trying to make a bunch of rules become uh easier for us small business owners to to cope with and uh at the same time just trying to ride with it and do the best of it kind of you know a little bit in between of that those things hmm, very interesting what 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 is the government holding you back on i know that the the Liquor laws, alcohol laws in Sweden are extremely strict. So th- does it have something to do with that? Yeah, well, both yes and no. I mean, I, I run a restaurant as well. And uh, huh. th- that has been a lot of issues because uh, they're basically shutting us down partly. So after 10 o'clock in the evening, we're not allowed to stay open anymore uh, and serve alcohol. And they have used the alcohol law because they cannot use the regular law just to close anybody down. So they need to use the alcohol law saying that after a while people will, will get drunk that will uh, and that, therefore we have to close all the all the bars and then you can open up after half an hour again but with no alcohol or you know low abv alcohol which is kind of stupid uh, it will only increase you know the, the you know after hours parties and the home parties and stuff like that but so i've been discussing a lot of that and um, as far as the brewery goes we're just trying to release more beer as like you said, it is very, very strict in Sweden. We have the monopoly. We have one place where we can sell our, our you know, high ABV beers, of course, Sustainbolaget. And um, there's only a few amount of stores for a brewer, a brewer of our size that we are able to to get out to. So it's more, it's better for us to release more beers um, rather than what our normal plan is, just to have like a few beers because we don't want to cannibalize ourselves. Now it's the opposite. More beers will be more sales and, you know, more income. Hmm, interesting. So you're doing smaller batches, uh, just more styles, more getting more out on the market. 
Yeah, not not necessarily smaller batches, but maybe one-offs. You know, we do same batches and then we release it, and then we see if it goes well. We might do it another time, but you know. But then also, there's like um, four to five months uh, waiting period, basically, before you actually get your beer out into the market, wow. into sustainable lager, where you know regular people can buy it uh, home. So uh, we have to plan quite ahead. So we're planning for a few, quite a few releases uh, next year, and then we've had some this year. So. That's awesome. That's very interesting. Uh, but people can come to the brewery and pick up some brews if they are low ABV. Yes, is that correct? that's correct. Up until 3.5% they can buy. And they can come to our brewery because we have a, a tasting license. So they can come and have like a, a tasting evening. And uh, we do have a tasting pub as well where people can come and, and you know, have some have some tastes and some beverages and some also invite the local food trucks to come there. So we try to make it like a, a full evening. But that's closed right now as well due to the pandemic. Yeah, Montreal has just been totally devastated. Just, just horrible, yeah. horrible for all, all anyone in the the restaurant industry or craft beer industry are, are suffering greatly right now. And I keep telling everyone, support local products, people. If you want them to be around after this pandemic, you have to support the things you love. Just like craft beer. Yes. Uh, Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends and talking about their lives, music, and craft beer. What What are you drinking on your side there, Peter? I'm drinking glug uh, from a cup, which is it's called glue wine in English, I think. Glug is the Swedish uh, version. It's basically aged wine with uh, sugar and potato and stuff like that. You can make it... Uh, I, mine is bought. It's... Um, sweet wine that you heat up it's really really nice mm. when it's cold and it's very traditional drink in sweden uh, around christmas and today since it's like the first of advent uh we always drink a lot of glue wine so as much as i like my beers today is glug glug time that's amazing that's amazing for myself i am going to be drinking a very special brew this is actually a collab brew that i did with overhop canada who i love cool. love love to death uh they are originally based out of brazil but they have a relocated here in canada uh here in montreal specifically and this is the vox and overhops this is a double dry hopped new england ipa that was hopped with citra enigma and vic secret hops that's an amazing label i gotta say yeah i love it and it was just one of those super organic yeah. um, conversations that just happened I sent them some elements that I have that I use for my Zooms. And then like a few days later, they just sent this back. So I was like, yes, that works. And I love when collabs happen like that. It's just super easy. Uh, super cool. I'm going to crack this open, pour it out. Uh, but I want to hear about your experience with beer, uh, your relationship with beer. Do you remember the first beer that you ever drank? Oof. Well, I guess the first beer I drank was probably, I don't, I don't remember the, the actual brand, but it was probably something very easy to get a hold of in, in Gothenburg. Uh, probably a Folkjöl, which is a low ABV beer. We drank that a lot, and that was something that everybody could get basically from the time when we were 16, 17. Um, I'm pretty sure it was one of these, like, but we had this one beer in Sweden that we all drank called Crocodile. It was supposed to be like Australian brew. But I remember like a gazillion of years later when I first came to Australia and I asked, what about this beer called Crocodile? Nobody's ever heard about it. It was a Swedish invention, you know, bullshit, you know, a Swedish beer. That was, it, it was probably that, you know, that's probably what I drank, my first beer. Amazing. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for taking some time to have a chat with me. Thanks for having this me. pours out beautifully hazy, super tropical nose. New England IPAs, it's my favorite beer since all time. 
I'd love to share one of these with you. Um, super juicy. You got the mango pineapple going on and then it's sweet but it's not sweet at the end and i love that about this beer because a lot of these new england's that are coming out are just far too sweet so this one has more of like a dank finish love it love it love the people over hop canada i have to say it again i love it um how about that first craft beer what would be that first craft beer that really blew your mind that that opened you up to the whole rabbit hole of what's going on in your life now that's um that's a very it's a kind of a long answer to that one because uh, my first craft beer was was on tour. You know, I was I was in America. Uh, I absolutely remember uh, the first one that I enjoyed. But it was like this: right? we were on tour with Inflames, and uh, for each night we got a bunch of different beers, uh, different different crates, and we were like twenty, twenty two, something like that, and we only wanted to get drunk. So we got we asked for. Budweiser, because we've seen Budweiser on TV. That's what you're supposed to drink when you're on tour in America when you're 22. Uh, so we got like eight or nine crates of Budweiser each night, Bud Light. There was always this one case of some local or something very hoppy. We, we you know, flowery, as we said, and, you know, very perfumey. And we always threw that away. Always, 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 <laughs> you know, because it's horrible, we thought, you know, it was like, we just want to chug this stuff, right? But... Fast forward a few years, this this case kept coming. You know, everybody wanted us to try the local beers because in in, a, on, in America they were you know years ahead of of the Swedish craft beer scene. And uh, so eventually we just started you know smelling and trying and you know finding some stuff that was actually pretty good. And then then there was this one beer that actually landed it for I guess most of us in the band. It was uh, Sierra Nevada's Pale Ale. And uh, that's the beer that got me into craft beer. That's the beer that got Daniel in, into craft beer. And Daniel, who was the drummer for Inflames, is the guy who brews all of our beer together with another guy. And um, the first beer that Daniel ever brew was called, or is called Citravan. And uh, it was uh, his version of a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, right? So, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Citravan is the first beer. And uh, it's coming up on four years now on the market. And uh, it's Citra, you know. And uh, Nelson Savan, those two hops in. Mm-hmm. So we, we just figured Citravan, and it's it's funny because in Sweden it's it's a beer that nobody can ever pronounce. You know, it's, so it's always we got a lot of <laughs> Citravans and Citadel and a lot of different uh, names for it. But once you figure out what it is, you'll never forget it. But yeah, so that that was my first craft beer. Yeah, I, that's definitely on my list of of one of the early. It's still one of the favorites. Yeah, absolutely, and it was for myself as well as when I was on tour. I remember where I was. I remember playing the masquerade in atlanta and picking up that six pack of sierra nevada yeah, I remember fantastic. very clearly so so interesting um let's talk a little bit about metal you know i've spoken to a lot of people from the swedish scene such as uh, michael from dark tranquility um, martin and matthias from from band bond so so i know that the swedish scene is just so tight and close and you guys were basically a family growing up in a very healthy uh sense of competition helping each other grow the scene talk to me about when you were growing up how that experience was for you well it was exactly like that you know we're we're a big family you know everybody just helping each other out never any rivalry um i remember it you know so if somebody had a gig Everybody else was invited to, or not everybody else, obviously, but a few other people were invited to open up. Uh, if you weren't in the band, like I wasn't in that type of scene right then, you know, I was invited to work the show, to do something. Hmm. Every, everybody was helping out. 
And then the first band that actually made it, you know, big was At The Gates. And as they played, I know a lot, they took a lot of bands, uh, helped them out by letting them support them and stuff like that. And that has never changed. And, you know, this like 25 or something years later, starting a, um, a brewery in Gothenburg is exactly the same mentality. Because hmm. you have all these different breweries that has been before that has a lot of more experience than what we did. Because we basically jumped in, you know, jumped in cold. You know, we had no idea what we were going to do. Just trying to, Daniel brew beer and I tried to sell it, you know. And uh, we got so much good help. Uh, exactly like it was back in the day when we were all, you know, young musicians and helping each other out. No rivalry, just, you know, people showing you how to play that riff or brew that beer. And, you know, and it's it's the same. It's a fantastic mentality and I, and I love it to this day. And we obviously take that with us when we meet young musicians and young young breweries or younger breweries than what we are because we're only a few years in. And I think it's that's the way it should be. It's amazing. And it's so mature. Uh, for a scene to, to have that mentality versus a cutthroat um we're gonna outdo you yeah which, which i see happening a lot elsewhere so that that's why the swedish scene is special i mean I, in my opinion uh, i agree and uh, this this what i've been hearing from other bands in sweden is that this is very unique for for gothenburg i'm not sure if that's gonna if that's the case but a lot of people say that we didn't have that in stockholm we didn't have that in this city as well. hmm. but gothenburg for me I, I and i can't speak with other cities i just saying what people told me but uh, gothenburg has been awesome always let's talk about opening the brewery uh take me down that that path uh, the whole it sort of coincided at the same time that you you left in flames both of you yeah so, so take me throughout all of that uh how hand in hand was that you know a lot has changed in your life you're, you're not out there touring you got you, you've removed the long hair talk to me about all that um before i mean Daniel and I, you know, we hung out a lot on the road, you know, and uh, when we got older, I guess both of him and me started getting more interested in, in you know, working out, not partying as much, not being uh, heavily drunk every night, mainly due to the fact, I guess, because we couldn't handle a hangover anymore, you know, but uh, so being on the road every day, you want to perform well, you want to feel good. So we started working out, starting taking long walks and stuff like that, and starting discussing stuff that we were talking about started talking about the future what we were going to do and uh and he actually mentioned to me that he'd been thinking about leaving the band and this was early 2015 and i um, told him that you know i had thoughts about it as well you know for various reasons and um long story short he left in uh end of uh the last tour of um 2015 and um, he told the band before, and I knew it obviously before everybody else, but he, uh, he did that. And then he also said, told me, it's like, I've never had a job. You know, I got <laughs> I got I to gotta start something of my own. And I could really relate to that because I had started my restaurant uh, together with Bjorn, who's still in the band. Um, for the same reason, you know, when all this is op- over, you know, I wanted something to to fall back on kind of and i wanted you know as a big interest in in food and drinks i wanted a place that i could actually you know uh tailor make you know for according to my uh every demand so we started 2112 a few years before that and um daniel wanted to start a brewery so he started brewing and he started to to do a lot of beers and started taking that on festivals so when he actually left the band, he was, he was, you know, into it. And he knew what he was going to do. He was going to start a brewery. 
And I told him immediately, it's like, dude, I want to be in this. It's like, and it's like, yeah, yeah, fine. Just let me, give me some time to to get connected and to get up and running and everything like that. So, you know, and I, I waited until the summer of 2016 and I just saw his, uh, he, he did some, well, I took all the beer into 2112 just to test it at customers, obviously. And then I saw that he he could probably need help when he came to the marketing side of this things. And I, and I consider myself very interested in that stuff and, and kind of good on it, on doing it. So I just read out, reached out again. It's like, is it time now? And he said, yeah, now it's time. So I bought in. We invested some stuff. We got brewer, bigger tanks and uh, kept on doing it. And then eventually I quit. And uh, then it was 100% the brewery. Us, just us two. Him brewing, me selling. We both bottling everything by hand, labeling it by hand, and doing everything, and driving it. You know, basically going back to how it was when we started a band. You know, exactly carrying your own equipment and just doing everything by hand by yourself without anybody being. Uh, well, basically just for the love of it. And that's how it started. And then we, you know, we we uh, bought some bigger tanks and we started talking about because at this point we were actually sharing a brewery with another local guy and uh, it came to that point where we had outgrown the brewery unless he moved out but it was his place so we told him it's like what what are your thoughts and plans and he's like yeah well i i kind of want to do this and we said yeah well we need to move well if you move then i'm going to quit he said okay so can we take over the, the warehouse he's like no I'll only quit if you leave. It's like, okay. So we, <laughs> so we started looking for a, for a new place and um, found one eventually and uh, where we could actually grow. We felt like this is this is the place to, to grow big in. And that that's about a year and a half ago. And we're now we've out, outgrown that place now. So wow. yeah, it's, it's growing kind of fast. Yeah. Good. And that means that the beers are good. Talk to me about, uh, I know that the Swedish craft beer scene is just on fire so popular so many breweries uh how did you guys hash out your space in that market we 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 didn't really think of it that way we did the same way as with the music we did we brew beer that we both liked and uh, <laughs> we didn't really jump on the whole uh, sour beer style we didn't jump on any new any style that was popular at the time we just brewed beer at our own pace that we thought that we could handle, you know. So we started with the Citroën and started pushing that out. And once people had started buying that, they asked for a second beer. So we brew the low LBV beer, which we call Folke. Um And then we brew a strong rye IPA. And then we brew a, actually a Berlin Weisse of, of raspberry and wheat. And um, those were the four ones that we had for a while. So we kind of you had those, those four and just uh, did our thing with them. Really didn't think too much about taking space or you know um, basically just try to do our thing and it helped a lot being who we were obviously to jump the line a little bit a little bit to get out to customers and get out into the pubs but you can only you know we use this expression you can only sell a turd once you know you got it. You got it. Yeah, <laughs> it has correct. to be a good tasting turd for people to buy. <laughs> that's it right. That's right. So. Yeah, yeah. Pe- people might get drawn to this on the shelf <laughs> yeah. and pick it up, but if the beer inside is no good, <laughs> they ain't gonna buy it again. That's for sure. I agree with that. Oh, and luckily, Daniel <laughs> is very, very thorough with what he does. So I never had to, as a salesman, I never had to question the the flavors or everything. I knew that he was, you know, one hundred percent. Should there be anything, any little de- detail he didn't like, he would pour everything out. 
But at that time, yeah. when we started it, we didn't really have, we couldn't really afford to pour anything out. But so he was super, super thorough. Still is, you know. So um, now we, we've just been, just been doing our thing all the time. And I guess it's slowly but surely we've been growing. We're still not big. Uh, we're still a, you know, definitely a microbrewery. Um, but we've been growing surely but steadily, you know. That's amazing. That's amazing. I can't wait to get back out there and get my hands on some of those Odd Island brews. I'd be so excited for that. Yeah. Uh, hey, what's up, Vox and Hopsins? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right. I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. Um, uh, let's talk. I'm from Montreal. I want to talk a little bit about playing Montreal because I know because I've been there and I've seen these inflamed shows in Montreal and I feel uh, like yeah. Montreal has a special relationship for sure. With yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's been every show in Montreal has been amazing. It's been super loud and it's almost like coming down to like Southern parts of Europe when you come to Montreal, as far as people, how passionate you guys are and how loud you guys are. And you know, the, keep making the show so intense. Montreal was always one of our favorite places to be and to play in. And, We've had some great fun in the city as well, but you know, just I, and I guess everybody says that when they talk to somebody from the city, but that's <laughs> this is actually true. And we planned of doing a live in Montreal once, but that never happened. Really? For, yeah, it never oh, happened for amazing. various reasons. Uh, maybe the guys will do it now, but uh, now I, I love Montreal, love you know, the culture, the the food, the the people, the beer, you know, everything. Yep. Yeah, uh, but I. I totally remember seeing you guys at the medley which is sadly gone now and it was just the the ambience the 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 crowd singing i, I i've seen lots of shows obviously but that relationship with inflames is so special and i'm, I'm yeah. super stoked that i get to chat with you if i don't remember wrongly i think the first time we played there was with the ice earth uh hmm. jack panzer then that was i remember that was an insane show because because we were supporting ice earth so we were playing in front of their their uh, drum kit and stuff like that, and uh, which is yep. how it is. Uh, and I just remember it was just it was insane. Are there times that, that you miss being on the road? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, miss is kind of a wrong word. I I loved being on the road for a bunch for most of the years that I was with the band, and I miss the good times. Um, I have no regrets uh, as far as leaving, but uh, of course, sometimes I really miss just being, you know, free and out and playing shows and, you know, traveling to new places every day. Um, but I have plans. Maybe this will happen again in the future, but uh, not with Inflames, though. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. I'm kind of, 
I'm kind of not missing or spending time, you know, thinking about stuff like that. I'm kind of more living where I am now, where I'm actually free to do whatever I can with my own time. I own my own time, as I like to say. You know, I can I can plan it however I like it, and uh, kind of focusing on enjoying that rather than missing the past. That's a very wise way to live. Yeah, that way, you're only going forward. I try to. You know, it's it's fun to reminisce, but you know, at the same time, it can take you down a dangerous road as well. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of reminiscing, uh, Cryptopsy and Inflames have played a few shows together, even though we are completely different. We played uh, Loud Park in Japan together. Yes. And we also played on 70,000 tons awesome, together, yeah. which was just, just, just a wild, wild cruise. If anyone has been on 70,000, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's It was insane. one of the most weird and cool and awesome experiences ever. I, I remember... I mean, I remember playing when the, and the, I think it was on the way back, I think when it was uh, a little bit more windy and we were playing and the, the stage was going, you know, it felt like yeah. it was rocking. But the one thing that I remember the most, that was like the most surreal thing. I, when we stopped at Turks and Caicos, um, yeah. we went off and uh, I remember I walked down the beach and that was the only time I had the opportunity to call home to my wife and kids. And as I was, I was walking back, I took a long walk and I walked back towards the boat and I just heard, hear this loud roar kind of, you know, and I see this, this is like paradise, you know, the, the white sand and the turquoise water and, and, you know, blue skies. And then I see like a black cloud on the beach. And as I come closer, it's, it's metalheads, you know, screaming yeah. along to Metallica's <laughs> something. And I was like, wow, this doesn't fit here. As much as I love it, this is, you know, we're intruding, you know. I really remember that. was weird. And fun. I, I always feel bad for the, the crew members. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of the cruise ship. I wonder if they look forward to having us or if it's like, oh, I think I'm going to take my vacation that week. <laughs> I, I do think that even most metalheads are very humble. And I think that, you know, compared to a lot of uh, other clients that they might have, I think I, I'm sure it was pretty cool uh adventure even though people were drunk i think people were pretty cool still yeah that's a, we are metalheads we are one i love it uh let's dance back into craft beer have you guys started doing some collab beers with other breweries yeah or with um let's talk about those and talk about the relationship because i see collabs sort of like going out on tour with a band mm-hmm. you know it's like pairing of two two brands uh two products yeah. that work well together we've been doing it uh, a couple of times our first was was with a, a big uh, gothenburg brewery called beer Bibliothek, which is like a, a collab of the world beer and uh, library in swedish um so uh they make a lot of lot of collabs a lot of great beers and they actually started uh well just when we started up i think our third beer or something was with them um and um so we did that it was a um it was a type of vice beer if i not yeah it was uh with a melony vice beer very interesting flavor very cool and they actually re- redid it afterwards and released it on this swedish monopoly for a while and it was a huge success uh, Daniel and, and uh, one of their brewers did it. Uh, amazing. That was the first collab we did. Then we've done a bunch of uh, collabs in our brewery. Uh, different different people that we enjoy being with. People that have the same mentality, basically, and them, uh, whose beers we like. Uh, our two brewers, Daniel and... Uh, well, they're both called Daniel, actually. They went up north to do a, a collab together with a Swedish brewery called Bryggverket. 
people metalheads they like music they like beers they make it very 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 high quality beer and um, the plan was for them to come down because uh, we went up or they went up when there was like a fair up in their city in Umeå and that was supposed to come down the, when the big uh, Swedish beer fair in Gothenburg was but that never happened so I guess we'll do this next year hopefully um, so we've done a bunch of different ones and then we also do we brew a lot of beers for Swedish brewery called Duck Pond Brewing. Uh, Nikola is the guy who has it. He's the singer and bass player for Millen Calling. Really? Okay. Yes, yes, yes. So we, we brew some of his beers. Uh, he gives us a recipe and an idea, and, and the guys brew it. And he's done a few collabs together with our guys in our brewery as well. So, I mean, exactly like I said, it's like going on the road together. But it's also like a... I mean, I would never do a collab with somebody I didn't like, you know? It needs to be a really... Yeah, it has to be. Good, good totally. feeling. Absolutely, because it's, it's, it's your baby. Making a beer is like putting out an album. It's your baby. You wouldn't want to be in a band with someone you don't like. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't brew, you know, so I couldn't talk too, too much about temperatures and, you know, preferences of malts and hops like that. But I, I, do like, um, I do like all this stuff when I can market it, when I can, you know, mm-hmm. talk, and talk to their marketers and learn something because I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm an amateur. I do this just because I think it's fun and, and most other people do it way better. But I think one of my advantages is that I do it differently. I do it because a lot of people go in with the same uh, thinking, the same way of doing it. And I come from the side kind of doing it as if I were to market a new band or a new song and stuff like that. And I think that's something that can also be interesting to for them to learn from me. And yeah, mainly me, me learning from them. But I enjoy that part <laughs> very much. Yeah. It's cool, though, because you, you come with a whole wide array of experience, but it's experience that you can't buy it you can't learn that in school <laughs> no 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 it's really really interesting how about collabs for bands you mentioned uh melancholin but have you guys made any collabs for metal bands specifically yeah 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 we've done a couple of beers for uh hank von hell from turbo negro uh we've done uh, we're actually releasing our third beer together with a switch band called luke l-o-k really cool band that were I guess before the time, like 25 years ago, they were starting to release their music and they became huge in Sweden. And mm, now, cool. and they had a reunion last year just to f- get a feel for it. And the places were packed. And uh, we did two beers for them, which sold out in like minutes, like literally minutes. Wow. You know, it was insane. So we're doing a, a new beer for them, like a, a, a modern lager, modern lager, yeah, like a golden ale kind of very easy to drink beer but you know something that they really have wanted because the first two beers we did was a a pale ale and then a a sour beer oh cool which was great people loved it but especially the singer is a huge like uh, you know lager regular beer whatever kind of so we we made a golden ale and it's going to be released in a few days and um, yeah it's um, it's fun to do those things a lot of times, I think that the audience uh, don't really know who we are, so it's something for us to gain from, and also uh, our audience, you know, to kind of show the metal or the beer world that the, this is how we do it in the metal world. You know, we do we do quality collabs together, music and beer wise, and all that stuff. You know. I love it. Now, you guys are definitely a metal brewery because of your experience, your life experience, but you guys don't really push that in the branding or 
in the experience. I haven't been to your tap room, sadly, but I would love to, the tasting room. Uh, but is there music playing? Is it metal music? Because, you know, we go, true, yeah. we go to True in, in Denver, and that's an, is a metal experience. So uh, is Odd Island Brewing a metal experience like that? It is, definitely. Um, I mean, I have this theory because everybody likes metal. Whether you say you don't, you know, everybody likes metal to some extent. Everybody loves ACDC or Iron Maiden, you know, it. It shows when they play in town, you know, the whole city's, you know, kind of. So I wouldn't say that we play a lot of Inflames or a lot of Demi Borger or a lot of Cryptopsy stuff like that. We kind of go more into the Van Halen stuff and, and you know, maybe a little bit of Motorhead and, and ACDC and stuff like that. But yeah, that's definitely rock orientated. Um, there can be other stuff as well. I mean, we had a Johnny Cash night uh, with live band. That was fun. Nice. But I realized after playing like the fourth Johnny Cash song in a row that I had to switch it up a little bit because we became, as much as I love Johnny Cash, it became kind of depressing, right? You know, yeah. not a lot of partying <laughs> gonna going on there, you know? <laughs> so I had to switch it up with a lot of different types of music. But yeah, we, we, we kind of tend to do the music as a soundtrack to the evening, and that's very important. Very cool. What about the soundtrack while you guys are brewing? Do you guys listen to music while you brew? Yeah, a lot of... Uh, they do, yeah, because I have my office upstairs on a, on a little... So I have a balcony all over the brewing and I hear what they listen to. There's a lot of weird stuff going on that you probably, you know, a lot of Swedish weird stuff. Because, I mean, it's, you, you can only listen to the same types of music so long until you go crazy. So I come in sometimes and it's like, this is insane, this, this type of music. <laughs> If you could uh, reach out and do a collab with any brewery in the world, someone someone that you look up to, that you would love to work with, who would that be? As two breweries that I really enjoy, to uh, Amundsen and Wylam, two great breweries. I especially love both their New England IPAs that they do, and and I think they're amazing. I love both breweries. Can art? I think it's it's. Uh, just looking kind of like the one you showed me now it's just you know just yes i mean this is something yeah i mean it's it's like an album cover right you you look into the small details and then when when the it contains something delicious to drink as well it's fantastic and i'd love to do i'd love to collab with those two but i mean there's so many so many we've been uh, when we started touring there was a lot of uh, breweries in in america that we passed on by and uh, especially Daniel I know he has a lot of favorites that he could uh, we actually had a plan to do one of these um, f- put our families into uh, two RVs and just travel the whole North America and do collabs and vacation at the same time but it hasn't happened yet but hopefully it can in the future that's amazing I love that uh, let's wrap this up with a classic wrap up question uh, it probably never happens to you because you're very in control and you mentioned that you hate when it happens to you which is why you guys started taking care of yourselves back when you were in inflames and you started working out but every once in a while it happens to everyone what is your hangover cure ooh I actually had that the other day I think my <laughs> my worst worst one in many years uh, was I just I had to I couldn't even get out of bed um, wow but I guess if I have to choose one that I really enjoy is like just laying on the couch and eating chips uh, <laughs> watching movies half sleeping drinking yeah, yeah, drinking some one. really really cold sparkling beverages of some sort on tour has it happened that I had the hair of the dog many times wouldn't recommend it but yeah that's how you do it on the road. I mean, I, I'm not no saint. I still drink tons of beer and stuff like that. I just try to 
take a little bit better care of myself these days than what I did 20 years ago. Yeah, we, we have to because it hurts yeah. so much more. <laughs> it does. It sucks. I have to really plan. If I go out drinking, I have to make sure that the next day is, is free. And preferably the next day after that is also, you know. And, and that kind of sucks because I love going out drinking beers with my friends, you know. Me too, me too. Uh, Peter, thank you so, so much for taking the time. Thank you. Hanging out with me, talking about your life, music, and craft beer. I had a great time, and I really appreciate it. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. I had a blast having a chat with Peter. I have seen In Flames here in Montreal countless times. Just just iconic performances. Uh, and Montreal, as I mentioned, absolutely loves In Flames. I can't wait till I'm back over in Sweden so that I can get my hands on some of these odd island brews. They look amazing. I can't wait to come to the tap room to have the full experience. I know that is exactly where I'm heading when I wake up on tour next time I'm over there. If you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should absolutely subscribe to it on the podcast platform of your choice. But not only that, you should take the time to rate it and write a review because if you do that, more people just like yourself will be able to discover the Vox and Hops podcast. Vox and Hops is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I have one more episode coming at you this Friday, but until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there.